Hello, and welcome to another episode of Health Shift, my podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well-being. I'm here to help you make a shift. And please note that these discussions are not medical advice, and nor should they be used in place of medical assessments. Today, we are discussing the largest organ, the skin, and I would like to welcome Carrie Grand. For over 10 years, Carrie's brand skincare has been thriving in the world of clean and natural skincare. Starting a company from scratch in a fiercely competitive industry may not seem like an expected or safe mid-career pivot, but that's exactly what Carrie Gran and Lisa Strain did. At the age of 29, Carrie was diagnosed with Graves disease and Hashimoto's disease. Both are autoimmune forms of thyroid disease. By her mid-30s, even drier skin arrived along with what would be the 10-plus years of perimenopause. Because of this, Carrie started looking into everything from what she ate to what she put on her face, and this led her to begin formulating products that fit her skincare needs. Lisa had the big idea to turn Carrie's products into a business, seeing a need for women that wasn't really being met in a way that was authentic or even truth-telling or plainly put, calling the BS on the beauty industry. Yes, and I follow those organizations as well. Carrie formulates the line in overseas operations, and Lisa is the CEO and keeps the business humming along. What a great combination, and man, we need to have both sides. The company is built on a small number of edited oil-based products that are personally researched, developed, and tested. And with the combined ages of 116, Carrie and Lisa discovered that more is not better when it comes to skincare products. Boy, can I relate to that, not only in skincare, but even in terms of the food world and the supplement world and all of that. We only need a few simple steps each day to care for our skin. So I am so excited to have Carrie here. So welcome, Carrie. Thanks, Julie. So good to be here. Yes, yes. And you know, it's been so interesting that I've interviewed many people to learn about their own health and mental health challenges that really became the pivotal point in developing a passionate career to support others. And I know that certainly has been, you know, my journey as well. So tell us more about your story and how you get where you are today. Well, it's an interesting story in that, as you mentioned, I was 29 when I was officially diagnosed with Graves and Hashimoto's. And up until that point, I had lived in the conventional world of medicine and, um, you know, because I had migraines and I had all sorts of, I mean, I just had so many oddball symptoms Mm -hmm. that for my age, they didn't think it would be my thyroid. And ultimately when it was diagnosed and I had the radioactive iodine treatment to eliminate my thyroid, to tamp down the graves, it, I, I further felt more odd man out because all of the literature, the office I went into to have it done, it was a much older demographic that Mm -hmm. they were catering to. And so I, like I said, I was only 29 at the time. So that's what really led me down the path towards what I was putting in and on my body, but I didn't get there for about 10 more years. Mm, Wow. What a long, what a long journey. Yeah, it was, it was a long journey. And, um, what became even more frustrating was, you know, the reason behind getting the radiation was to just get one of the diseases under control. Mm -hmm. So if they wiped out the graves, then I should only be dealing with the Hashimoto's. 
but that really wasn't what happened. And so I was kind of promised something that I didn't get with an annual blood check and medication. Mm -hmm. It turned into um, about a 13 year period of blood work every six weeks Mm. and changing my medication. So as you know, when it comes to an autoimmune issue, it can be a challenge to figure out what it is that's triggering it because it's just simply attacking a functioning healthy organ in your body. Sure. Or multiple organs too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so it first started for me with food, like what Mm -hmm. I was eating and I really enjoyed all of the work by Michael Pollan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's where it began. And then in about 2008, I learned about personal care products and the ingredients that were in them that could potentially further disrupt my endocrine system or my home hormonal system. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, you know, I I don't blame the beauty industry or the personal care industry for what happened to me, but I think it can contribute to my overall wellness, given I was a person who used a lot of products from the minute I got up until I was out the door. I'm not kidding. It was no less than 30 things. And it's not that hard to add up. Once Mm -hmm. you think about what happens when you get into the shower by the time you get out of the shower, the different makeup items you use, the different hair products that you use, you might be using fragrance, you might be using body powder, body oil, body lotion. I mean, it really isn't that hard to add up mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. products. So for me, it was looking at what could be potentially bioaccumulating in my system and what the ingredients were in particular, anything that fell under the endocrine disrupting category was what I paid attention to and then started reading my labels on my products. Like I read the labels on my food. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an even more confusing world because people are at least a little bit more in tune with those chemicals and foods. But when you start looking at a beauty product, I, you know, item, it can be really intimidating and scary. Yeah. Yeah. It can be daunting and Mm -hmm. it can be overwhelming. And so I started small Mm-hmm. with ingredients that I wanted to eliminate. But at the time, that was before any of the indie beauty brands really came on the scene mm-hmm. with, um, with items that were, you know, whether you call them green, you call them clean, whatever the category name that you call them, it didn't exist back then. Mm-hmm. And yes. so it, it just didn't the way it does now. So I'm super grateful for all the choices that people have now, but at the time I didn't have a lot of choices and that is, it sounds a little cliche, but I didn't have choices. And so that's why I ended up creating something for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, that's really wonderful. You know, I was into clean and natural organic makeup and skincare. Oh my God. Early in my early twenties, I'm now 64, but I had every skin condition that came down the pike. Um, as you and I discussed, you know, prior to our meeting, some of that is, is definitely some genetic predisposition in terms of skin to ectopy and things like that. But by the time I was 17, all of my nails had come off my fingers. My skin was peeling and bleeding. Oh no. (laughs) And yeah. And our GP at the time who I loved, but this was like, his advice was, well, just paint your nails. I, that was really, so wouldn't, wouldn't look so bad. Of course, then you're putting another toxin on top of it. 
I was sent off to um, a dermatologist and then put on very, very strong antifungal medications, having my liver functions tested, all of that kind of stuff. So I really kind of did that deep dive early on, but even what was called natural back then, um, yeah, you know, I'm not sure that it was really the necessarily the cleanest items that would fit in the categories that we call, you know, really clean skincare too. You know, you also mentioned something really interesting. We have all these different options, you know, vegan, all natural, organic, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. How do you help people kind of simplify the way to really look at products? That is a great question. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this in advance of our conversation, because I thought, how would I best describe this? Yeah. And I think that I always bring things back to food because I think that's easy for people to understand. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've probably tried every possible diet on the planet. It's just in my DNA. It's something that I did and I'm a product of the eighties. And so, you know, diet culture was really big, mm -hmm. but even now there are, it's paleo, it's keto, it's vegan, it's vegetarian, it's, uh, there's intermittent fasting. There are all of these things. And I don't know that there's any really great one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I would also bring that over into the world of what I do within skincare. But I think the fundamentals are there, just like the fundamentals within the food world are there. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's really a focus on the skin's natural barrier health, mm -hmm. because that's not something that everybody talks about like, oh, let me put my barrier health first. It's usually, oh, I have a problem with redness, dryness, flaking, wrinkles, acne, psoriasis, eczema, you name it. The, the problems are there, but fundamentally, like if you eat like a primarily whole, whole foods based diet, real food, mm -hmm. your, your skin reacts pretty well. But if you terrorize your skin with too many products, it's also going to react poorly. So we like to focus on the basics of cleansing, mm -hmm. hydration and moisturization, and then protection with SPF. Yeah, yeah. If you do those fundamental things, it's just like if you drink enough water, if you eat enough foods that are primarily plant-based, you know, as a as a basis of your diet, perhaps those things are going to pay off instead of trying to band-aid one problem. Does that make sense? Like you, if, you know, if you've got, um, you know, one of the, the biggest things I heard early on was what do you have for anti-aging, 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 anti-aging. <laughs> and so the first question I always ask people is if they're wearing sunscreen every day. Sure. Because it's a little bit like, what do you have for cavities? Oh, it's called brushing your teeth every day. Right. It's not right. called brushing your teeth on the days that you just have something sweet. So people really tend to think of wearing sunscreen when the sun is out or in the summer months but they don't think of it as a thing that you need to do every single day because it really is preventative. I love it. That's wonderful. And you, and your sunscreen, I'm just going to do a little bit of a shout out about it. I love your sunscreen 
because so many, and even the organic ones um, that I've tried over the years, they still kind of irritate my skin or make my eyes burn a little bit um, if I'm smelling sort of whatever's in it. So love your, um, it's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And we wanted to create something that people would actually want to wear because sunscreen is a very, very personal thing. Like it it really has to be the right texture, feel, smell, everything, Mm -hmm. Mm. everything has to line up perfectly or people will just not wear it. And boiling down to like what your eye experience was oftentimes it's the UV filter. That's the active ingredient. Mm. So we use non-nano zinc oxide. Mm-hmm. and it's a physical filter. So it sits on top of the skin rather than penetrating the skin in order to absorb rays and break them up. And what that means is that it's generally less irritating because even zinc oxide is used in baby diaper cream. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an ingredient that's known to be soothing and calming rather than potentially irritating. So, and it's also the only UV filter that's both UVA and UVB protective to give it broad spectrum coverage. Mm-hmm. So if you're utilizing any other UV filter for sun protection or UV light protection, it just has to be combined with another filter in order to have that full broad spectrum coverage. Ah, that is really, really helpful information for the audience to really know that. And even for myself. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So that, so that's my hot tip of the day. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, all UV filters are not created equal. That's what I'll say. And so it's really important to look at your sunscreen and see what that active ingredient is. Mm -hmm. Zinc oxide is the only one that can be used solo to get both UVA and UVB protective coverage. Great. Okay. Zinc oxide folks, just make sure that you remember that <laughs> and try Carrie Grand's uh, yeah. SPF. It's, it's just amazing stuff for sure. Most definitely. So I know you and I talked a little bit um, about, you know, different chemicals and organizations and things like that. Who do you like to refer people to in terms of you know, comparing and contrasting and, and your stuff is nice in, in up there in the green list, but um, tell us a little bit more about how you, um, you know, which companies you really like to look out to. Yeah. So one of the companies that's been around the longest and probably the most well-known is the environmental, excuse me, the environmental working group mm-hmm. or commonly referred to as the EWG. Yes. They have a database called skin deep And it is a voluntary program that brands can participate in and register their products with all of the ingredients listed in them. Um, And so we have worked with them now for, gosh, going on more than five or six years. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the easiest database for somebody to access. And they're pretty widely known as well. They're not a perfect system, but I don't know that there's any one perfect system out there that exists. Mm -hmm. Um, They, so what we do is when we put our products on there, they get a number score ranking and a color from green to red. So green being what's considered the safest Mm -hmm. and red is maybe a proceed with caution. So everything that we have on there is listed with a green score But the other cool thing is you can also put in an ingredient Mm. and see how that ingredient ranks. So the caveat that I'll say with that is some things that people would consider 
normally as generally recognized as safe, some essential oils, perhaps like lavender, mm-hmm. those may have a higher score on there because they contain constituents that can potentially be known allergens. Yes. And that's why they're listed in the EU separately on the ingredients label than they are in the US. But then the thing I also like to bring up about that is, so while a strawberry may be really good for me to eat, it might not be good for you to eat if you're allergic to it. Yeah. So I, I, case in point, I'm, I'm one of them. I can have blueberries, blackberries, all of that, but strawberries don't work for me. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, but commonly people think strawberries are fine, but mm-hmm. like for you, they're not. And that was a good example for me to use and not knowing you had a strawberry issue. Yeah. Yeah. I but love it. That I love illustrates it. the point. Yes. Yes. You know, another one, I, I, I love essential oils and I, I recommend them to my clients and I'm very cautious with my allergy clients because I do a lot of allergy and um, immunology. Um, but floral scents in the um, essential oil don't work for me at all. So I do mm. much more of the things that are higher in terpenes and, uh, you know, not so much of the floral essences. So again, everybody is such an individual when it comes to that. But um, that's great to know in terms of the, the, fragrance, the fragrance piece on EWG. Yeah. Yeah. And so with, whether it be an ingredient um, or an, a, an, a complete formula, it's a good place to go to get a baseline indication if you've got no information at all. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's great. So they're one of, they're one of our favorites um, that we've used. And, you know, it's while the internet is a really helpful place, it can also be a little bit scary. <laughs> so I, I you so just agree. have to investigate with the filter of caution on. Oh, I so agree. I, I oftentimes tell people, be careful with Dr. Google. You know, it can yes. be a, <laughs> a wealth <laughs> of knowledge, but, um, and I will oftentimes tell people, you know, go and do, do your research, but then bring it back to me and let's talk about it. And then yeah, you know, that's... We, can kind of, we can discuss that. And I, I love that also about your site is that you actually have an education area, um, yeah. which is wonderful. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, what you include in your educational area and, and whatnot, because I think that's really, really important for people to be empowered with. Well, I think that the thing that we wanted to do was rather than push out, you know, we, you spoke earlier to the fact that we kind of want to call BS on the industry mm-hmm. itself, because it's this, it's this constant cycle of over-promising and under-delivering. Mm-hmm from the industry, as well as messaging that there's something wrong with you. Um, you're broken. You need to be fixed. You're not good enough. You're getting old. It, you know, it goes on and on and on. And we didn't want people to feel worse than they did before they came to our site when they left, Sure. you know, like, oh my gosh, worrying about so many issues and different concerns. So it, we run the gamut, everything from, um, Food, you know, I, I keep coming back to food because I think it's so important in skin health mm-hmm. because your skin ultimately is the canary in the coal mine for what's happening inside your body mm-hmm. oftentimes. Yes. And so if you're experiencing dryness, breakouts, those sort of things, those are indicative of inflammation, which everything can't be solved with what you put on your skin. It's like a big picture approach. So what I would say from an educational standpoint is we like to bring the big picture into play, mm. meaning it 
it matters, you know, that you move your body, that you get rest, that you have some sort of stress relief, that you drink enough water. Um, obviously using products that are good for your skin barrier health is paramount and sun protection is like the top of my list for things that I speak of from an educational standpoint. And then it's, we're getting deeper, deeper now into the world of hormonal health and perimenopause, menopause, and beyond, because, you know, I'm 53, I'm postmenopausal. My business partner's 63. Mm -hmm. So is she, but I happen to go through the whole perimenopause, menopause cycle early because of my autoimmune right. issues. Mm -hmm. And I really wish somebody would have been there to tell me a little bit or give me a little bit of guidance about what was happening as my hormone levels were declining and the impact it was going to have on my skin. Sure, sure. Very true. Um, and I work with a lot of women around peri and postmenopause as well. So love again, you know, the, the fact that you use oils as your, um, as your skin protection and your, and your moisturizer. And it's interesting is because when I first started using oils, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I like putting oil on my face. Um, you know, because again, all of us, I, I'm going to have to say pretty much all of us grew up with some kind of creamy emollient cream mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's estrogen based, you know, usually a xenoestrogen, something that's actually not good for us, uh, and plasticizers in there as well. So now I absolutely love, you know, the oil based and, and really talk with my menopausal women around massage that mm -hmm. oil in there, you know, get, give, yep. give, get that, get that red blood flow up around the skin area and whatnot. So that's wonderful that you kind of bring it in from the nutrition point, the movement point sleeps. Another one, you know, that's a huge mm -hmm. one in terms of how dry and clean and, and uh, healthy looking our skin is going to be. Yes. Yes. That's great. Yeah. So those are, those are all, those things matter. And back to your point about oils, I think, you know, we're, we're very similar in the time that we grew up and mm -hmm. it was, the messaging was oil-free. Everything was oil-free. Like yes. it, there was this idea that if you put oil on your face, you were going to break out. Right. Mm -hmm. But not all oils are created equal. And the primary oils that were in beauty at that time were petroleum based. So mineral oil, petroleum, petrolatum, and those things are known to be comedogenic and a little bit pore clogging. So, and they're cheap mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and they were abundant. And so when you utilize really good plant oils, it's, you don't need much number one. Mm -hmm. And the, like you said, having an emollient available to help your skin barrier, you know, help that brick and mortar function mm -hmm. stay intact and then getting adequate hydration through something like, uh, like we use a tonic that's aloe and hydrosol based. So getting those two locked together, having the humectant water-based product mixed with the oil is just like it's so great for mm. the skin because as we age, our skin naturally produces less and less oil or sebum. Yikes. And that's what keeps our skin like bouncy and healthy and glowing. And, you know, with the decline of estrogen, that also leads to, you don't retain as much water mm -hmm. as you were able to when you had more plentiful supplies of estrogen. So you get the dryness coupled with the 
damage that was done. Like for me, I was a sun worshiper Mm -hmm. in my youth and even went to the tanning beds. That's not my, (laughs) not my proudest moment, but you know, I Uh did it. And so now that a lot of that damage is showing up on my skin. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great explanation. And for people who, you know, who may not be savvy or know about what a humectant is, you know, it really is, it's a, it's an ingredient that helps to retain that moisture mm-hmm. in the skin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like again, a moisture yeah. magnet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It draws any moisture from the air and traps it in the skin, which is what you want. Because I think unless you're 20 and you can pull off that matte makeup look, that really powdered down dry look, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody, nobody wants their skin to feel dry and powdery. Mm -mm. No, no. You know, I've been lucky. I've had um, good facial skin, even though I had all those other things, but there was a period of time when everything was so red and itchy and whatnot that I would have, you know, I'd kind of break, break little blood blisters. Um, but I would have to say that since I've gone through this same process myself, my skin is better now at 64 than it was at, you know, at 30. And oh, a lot of that's this is, great. The, is the, uh, the advances, as you said, in terms of the technology and the knowledge and the science of, you know, just a few simple ingredients and even in the functional medicine world. So I've been in this world for a very long time. Um, And I love functional medicine, but sometimes it can become very overwhelming in terms of too many tests and too many Mm -hmm. and too many directions. And so I remember speaking with Patrick Hannaway, who is the director of uh, functional medicine with Mark Hyman. And he said, Julie, I use the less is more approach. And I'm hearing you talk about the same thing, which is, you know, if you can't read it, probably don't eat it or don't wear it <laughs> and, and keep it simple, you know, which is what yeah. I oftentimes talk with my, my clients about too, the kiss approach, keep it simple. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, it's to your point within, because I too have spent a lot of time with doctors in the functional medicine world. And there is a, there is there is a bit of an overload sometimes because mm-hmm. you're not just going, Oh, I'm going to give you this one pill, you know, to cure your problems. You're, you're really doing a deep dive and trying to get the root cause. But I think wellness has progressed into a full-time job for some. And sure. so if you can dial it down and start with the basics and keep it really simple, that it's like, it's like building your house on a really solid foundation instead of something flimsy that the slightest little thing is going to tip you over. Mm-hmm. And I live in this world and I get overwhelmed by all the choices and all the different things all the time. And so really what keeps me sane is bringing it back to that whole, keeping it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's a, that's really a great analogy to think of as well. So lots of pearls of wisdom. So what three tips do you have to offer our audience today? Oh, Julie, you know, I'm going to start with sunscreen. (laughs) Okay, great. Yeah. So please, please, please let's focus on prevention over repair. And I'm just going to give you a couple tasty little tidbits on UVA and UVB rays. So UVB, think UV burning. Those are the ones it's sunny between the hours of 10 and two, they're particularly strong. They're short UV rays, they're gonna burn the surface of your skin. UVA on the other hand, they are out whenever it's light enough to read a book. 
Wow. Okay. So if it's light enough to read a book, you should be wearing sunscreen with UVA protective coverage. The rays are long. They penetrate deep into your dermis. They break down collagen and elastin. Mm. So if you want to keep your skin upright, you don't want that collagen and elastin to be broken down by the damaging UV rays. Mm -hmm. They also penetrate clouds and glass, which UVB rays do not. Wow. So there's a really wonderful picture that anybody can Google. And this is not Dr. Google. This is just Google is a truck driver in the United Kingdom. And he drove truck for the majority of his life. But the side that faced his driver's side was completely the skin structure was broken down and cross hatched and wrinkled. Whereas the other side just looked like it aged appropriately. Wow. So it's a it's a really good example of why UVA rays matter. Mm-hmm. They just don't get as much attention because, you know, they don't burn your skin. They're just kind of lurking around, breaking it down, doing damage. And so people think, oh, I'm sitting at my desk all day, or I'm just driving somewhere. But really, okay, so that's, that's one very, very, very long tip. The second tip is don't overdo it with exfoliation. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that, you know, people get that hit of exfoliation, that first hit where the skin feels really good and looks good. And then they want to do it more and more and more, but ultimately you're going to just break down your skin's barrier and then it's going to overreact and it's going to take a long time to settle down and you're not going to be happy with the results. And that goes into a know yourself category as well. I cannot tolerate a lot of exfoliation on my skin. A light wash um, with the cleansing oil and then wiping it off with the washcloth daily, Mm -hmm. that's enough exfoliation for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas my business partner, she's got a more olive complected skin and she can do an exfoliation treatment once a week. If I did it once a week, my skin would be an angry mess. And so know yourself because you maybe read something about exfoliation or you should do it every day or every twice a week. Pay attention Mm -hmm. to how your skin reacts, but Mm -hmm. exfoliation is the other thing. And then anytime that you're utilizing any sort of active ingredients, a lot of people really enjoy vitamin A or or a retinol for cell turnover. Uh That is going to expose your skin to more damage from UV light. So I'm coming back again to sunscreen. Yeah. So use yeah. the products, use the actives, exfoliate if you need to, but then you need to wear sunscreen or your, all of that work you're doing and all of those other products that you're using are going to be for naught. Wow. That is absolutely fascinating. This has been so wonderful. So how can people connect with you? Um, through our website. And it's pretty easy. It's my name. So it's www.carrygran.com, K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N as a Nancy.com. And we also have our phone number listed on our website. So we actually pick up the phone and love to talk to people. I love it. In this day and age, that is so important to me is that, that there's some kind of human connection on the other end. <laughs> it's really nice to have that human, human connection. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It is. It is. Oh, thank you so, so much. And if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and share with your friends, your family, your coworkers. I am on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. 
And you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at juliefreemanmindfulwellness, and on YouTube as well. Have a wonderful day. Until next time.